Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1022. Fear and confidence are both imaginary. You simply decide which one to live with. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Tony Watley. Hey, Tony, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I can't wait. All right, here we go. Tony Watley is a serial entrepreneur who is best known for founding the popular online community LS1Tech.com. This automotive forum has nearly 300,000 registered members and grew to become the most visited GM-based performance forum on the internet. Tony's also operated an online retail business for the past 10 years, Deviate Morning, which specializes in wheels and accessories. And if that weren't enough for him to do, he also offers business consulting and startup advice through his newest venture, 365 Driven. So, Tony, I've told our listeners a little bit about your busy life. Take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your businesses and your passion for automobiles. Great. Thank you. I guess we can go back to LS1 Tech. Uh, since there's probably listeners out there that aren't familiar, maybe they're not GM fans and, and they wanted a little backstory on that. So a friend and I started LS1 Tech back in 2001. At the time, John and I, we were both struggling with career and personal challenges. And I was working two jobs at that time just to make ends meet. But looking back, I feel that we started this website as an escape from our realities. Mm. It, was a, it was a place where we could hang out online with car pals and talk about our passions of cars. We had no idea that it could have grown to the size it became, and that was never part of our plan. So interestingly enough, you know, at its peak, we had over 150 advertising accounts to give you an idea how big it grew. And wow. nowadays, like, as you mentioned, we're close to 300,000 registered members. And it's crazy that that's been 17 years ago since that started. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And what's Neat about this and why I love this story is a lot of people have jobs that they're not that happy with, and they become what I call sidepreneurs. They start little ventures just to kind of escape, like you say, or do something that they're they're more passionate about. And guess what? It grows into something real like you did. Exactly, right? Exactly. I'm a very good advocate for side businesses. In fact, all of these automotive businesses that I've run have all been side businesses, tagging along with a pretty successful engineering career in oil and gas. So I've worked in oil and gas since I was 18. And the car thing was always my passion. So I always started things on the side and did things with cars. So essentially, in the last 25 years or so, I'm I'm a person that has lived dual careers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's cool. And I I love the other aspect of this. And I, I run into this from time to time when people say, well, how on earth do you have time for that? And I always say, well, There's a lot of hours before you leave for work. There's a lot of hours after work. There's weekends. How are you spending that time, that very quality, important time, and what are you doing? Are you enjoying it? Are you building something, something that leads to something? So you're a great testament that. What would you say to somebody go, well, I don't have time for that? Here's what I always answer to that, and and especially with the business consulting stuff that I'm doing, that I, I hear a lot of different excuses, and that's really what they are, is just purely excuses. The fact is, is that we always make time for our priorities, Hmm, every one of us, no matter what our priority is, 
whether that's family or work or chasing your dream or working on your hot rod in the garage, we always make time for our priorities, fitness, diet, whatever that may be. So whenever I hear these these random excuses, like some people blame, like, well, I have kids, I can't do that, or I can't do this, I don't have time, I'm working too much over here. Well, it's just that that's their current priority. And sometimes you just have to call them out on that and make them address, like, no, it's just not your priority. So I don't need an excuse just to let me know, like, it's not what you want to do. And that's fine. Yeah. So I think as long as we call it out and they understand that these excuses don't fly with me, we can usually get to the next base. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, my father taught me years and years ago when I was young, an excuse is a lie you tell yourself. I like that. And when you think of it that way, it kind of kind of opens the wound a little bit and you realize, you're right, I am lying to myself. I'm not making time, wasting too much time in front of the TV or hanging out with friends or going to the beach or whatever it is you do. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's a really important point. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's important to you, and it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, so Tony, take the wheel. Here's one that I came up with that I used when I started to get into public speaking training about a year ago, and this is what I think about every time I take the stage or fire up a live video, and here it goes. Fear and confidence are both imaginary. You simply decide which one to live with. <laughs> you know, you've got some golden nuggets you're dropping on us really early here, Tony. And I, and I love that. And I'll share another one my listeners have heard. Again, my father taught me this fear. It's an acronym for false evidence assumed real. Yeah. And you just, you just define that in the same way. It's really just made up. I mean, unless you're standing on the edge of a cliff and you know if you take one more step, you'll fall. But that's not what we're talking about here. So, Elaborate on this a little bit of how you've incorporated that concept into these different businesses you've created. I guess with any entrepreneur, it's all about you know managing risk. I don't believe in just jumping off a cliff, but I'd like to figure out what my odds are of, of survival and then jumping. But a lot of times people overanalyze things. They get the an analysis paralysis, and then they, they let that fear consume them and the self-doubt and the negative talk, and then they just don't take any action. And I find a lot of people like to give themselves too much credit for ideas where I find ideas are really easy. Everybody has ideas. We could probably sit down and write down 100 ideas between you and I for another automotive business or any kind of business. But people's fear is what prevents them from taking that first step. So I let them know that that's just a decision. Like you can be confident in this moment or you can be scared. It's really just your choice. Yes, it's your choice. I, that's, that's the powerful line right there. It is your choice. And I think once people realize it is their choice, all of a sudden they can get over that and move forward. And the other thing that I've learned after listening to over a thousand guests here on Cars yeah, is don't listen to the naysayers because there's everybody out there that would tell you what you can't do. Ignore them and go do what you want to do and find the people that can help and support you to do that. Like Tony. And listening to all the guests I have here on Cars, yeah, there's a lot of help out there and a lot of people that will help you get over that fear and make that choice. Well, let's go back in time and talk about your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy? I've loved cars as long as I can remember, and I guess that's probably three or four years old. I was a young child. I remember my mom would be cooking dinner for the evening, and I would sit at the dining table and do coloring books. 
But the funny part was is she would buy me these coloring books and I would just elect to draw cars on inside the blank sections and inside the covers. <laughs> and my dad was working in chemical plants at the time and he'd bring different washers, you know, bolt washers home of different sizes and shapes. And I had a collection of washers that I would trace to make wheels and tires. So, <laughs> so needless to say, it just became, uh, we're not buying coloring books anymore. So we're just going to give you blank sheets of paper. And I was very happy with that. So yeah. uh, I've always been attracted to anything that rolls or flies. Maybe it's the engineering mind of me. I'm a mechanical engineer and I've always been fascinated by how things work and what makes them tick. So yeah, I guess I've been a car person my entire life and I don't expect everybody to be like that. I mean, I, I know that we're very few people actually like that. Even my son, he's 18 now and he's not like that, but I don't expect people to be like that. I think I'm just a little bit crazy, like probably most of your listeners. Yeah, you and 1,021 people before you, Tony. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all in the same boat, born with motor oil running through our veins. It's in the DNA. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driv driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure. The important part of these things, of course, is they're really just teaching moments, and that word failure scares a lot of people, but I've had a guest on the show that she sets out to do a 100 failures a year uh, because that way she knows she's testing herself and trying different things. I love that. So tell us about one of yours. Walk us through it and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your life and your business and your career. I'll go a little bit broader on on challenging and, and, and failures, really, but I think that the hardest challenge it's just simply not focusing on what's important. I think many of us lose sight of our long-term goals. We get distracted by all the trivial things day to day. And we really need to learn how to say no, which is a skill. And I've gotten better at that as I age. And I have to be selective and try not to please everyone all the time. Mm. And I think most of us fall into this trap at times. But we just need to be aware of it and how it affects our success. And then we have to protect our time and be productive during that time. Yes, yes. You know, this is this is another uh, golden nugget, as I say, that you're dropping on us here. Is there a, a specific example of maybe when you were tested that you can walk us through and, and just kind of tell us about that situation and, and how you overcome it that helped, that helped you learn this important lesson? I guess if we want to talk about specific failures, I, I learned after selling the website how big corporations can kind of bully you with lawyers that mm. they have on full-time staff yep. and that they just try to outrun you on the financial side because they know that they can outspend you. And even if you knew that you were always going to win, are you willing to spend six figures to defend yourself? And I've seen that a few times, not personally with all myself, but with some clients. And it's, it's a really bad strategy out there. And I think you need to really be protected as a business owner or an entrepreneur to have your, your legal game in check and make sure everything's in writing and everything's protected because I've just seen these large corporations take advantage of smaller business owners. I think you touched on an important thing and, and the legal aspect. A lot of people, they hate paying attorneys for anything. They feel like uh, there's, they charge so much. And But you know what? If you're going into business, any kind of business, create a relationship with somebody that's an attorney a specialist in your field, because you will need them someday. I can almost guarantee you. I run into the same thing here, getting bullied by big groups, and you just you feel like a little guy. It's like, why are you picking on me? It's, well, because they can, and they can take advantage of you. So having some people that are already in place that you can go to, and I'll tell you, their advice, instead of listening to a bunch of other people or guessing 
is well worth the cost because it will put you ahead of the game so much faster. So, yeah, it's unfortunate that that happens. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's the kind of a time when you make a pivot, a move, and move into a new direction or take a new path. Tell us about one of yours. I guess one of the the key things that I like to to speak about for entrepreneurial discussions is the, the term of scalability. And I find that a lot of people don't set long-term goals. They don't deal with exit plans or exit strategies when they're starting a new company. And they don't really have any idea of how long it's going to last or if it's going to have a succession plan or whether they're going to have the valuation where they could sell it. So they don't really think about scalability and long-term. And I think for me, being an online entrepreneur, to me, scalability consists of everybody that has a keyboard or a phone in their hand. So if I, if I can get someone like that as a potential customer, and now that today we have the means of reaching those people very easily and very inexpensively, it makes sense for me to, to chase scalability if I really want to make some nice revenue in a company where, yes, my wheel business is more traditional type brick and mortar type business. But I also deal with customers all over the world and I ship products all over the world. So to me, the scalability is still there. And I think a lot of people really worry too much about focusing on their zip code or their area to, to, to get business. And I don't think that's a good reason to limit yourself. So I think for me, it, it goes back to a childhood thing. I, I remember learning, you know, watching TV with my mom and, and seeing entrepreneurs on there. And, and she'd say things like, oh, that guy's a multimillionaire. And I always go, well, what did he do? And most times, even back in the 1970s and 1980s, the people that got very wealthy at a young age were people that created some kind of product or service that could scale and they could have customers all over the country at that point because we didn't really have the Internet. But mail order and things like this and or selling a, a widget that cost a dollar that millions of people have to buy or have to own. To me, I always kind of lean towards a scalable market and just to see if it can match the financial goals that I would have. You know, it's it's another great point. And if you were advising somebody who's starting, let's say, any kind of business and you bring up that word scalability, what are some of the things you ask them to do or tell them to do to help them understand how their individual business can scale up? I always suggest to start with the end in mind, whether whether that's your exit plan or your exit strategy or your potential valuation of the company, or it could even just be what type of in, what level of income do you want to derive from this company over a one year period, a five year, 10 year, and basically set some concrete goals that we can work backwards from to define the steps to reach those goals. So it's really just starting with the end in mind, because I think a lot of people start businesses that are kind of aimless. And if you don't have a destination, then you kind of just wander around and you don't have a compass and then you make bad decisions because when you have a goal, you actually have something to base your decisions on. Is this decision I'm making right now get me towards that goal or is it taking me off of a side path? So that's that's kind of the way I always start with the end and work backwards to where we're at today. Yeah, it's a, it's great advice. You know what comes to mind here is a great book I read a long time ago by Jim Collins, Good Great, and he talks about BHAGs, Big, Hairy, Audacious Goals, and setting those early on. I mean, crazy big Hairy, audacious goals that you think, how could I ever be that? But that, that I've, I've helped some people do that before with what they're doing is, oh, I just want to be a mechanic and fix people's cars. Well, mm-hmm. let's, let's take a step back and look at what you could be. 
And a lot of times they go, oh, well, I don't like the idea of employees or I'm too afraid <laughs> or I can't borrow money or whatever that might be. Say, well, let's take a moment, step back and look at what that BHAG for you could look like mm -hmm. and then go out and seek the advice. People like Tony or others who are consultants who can help you see how to get there, because a lot of times people just have no idea. Like you ask your mom, how did that guy get to be a millionaire? Well, it's hard to see how he how I used to think when I was young, how could somebody have eight companies? How, how could you have that much time in the day? Right. Well, when you start talking to those people that have eight companies, they start showing you and helping you identify how they did that and how they're able to have eight companies. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to think about things. But I love start with the end in mind. That's a, a great, great tip there. Well, let's go back in time again and talk about your first really special car, vehicle, bike, and maybe share memories you have about that particular situation. I would say I've owned close to 60 cars. So oh, my goodness. My oh, wow. Many times, you know, recent years, I usually own between eight and 10 vehicles at a time. But my first special car, other than the first one I had in high school, I had a 69 Camaro in high school that I built with my dad. And that was sentimental because it was my first car. Yep. But I had to sell that to go to college. So it was kind of like, you know, two or three years and it was gone. But I would say the first significant car for career wise and just building lifelong friends was the 98 Firebird that I bought when I graduated college. So mm. it was kind of a college graduation gift to myself. Mm -hmm. uh, the LS1 had just come out. It was a six-speed. It was navy blue T-tops. And I remember driving up to Dallas with the dealership because they had one sitting in the back of a lot covered with dirt. You know, brand new car. They asked if they, they could wash it. And I said, no, because I don't want you to scratch it. And then I drove it back <laughs> with the T-tops off. And I remember that was my very first brand new car. I paid for college myself. It was kind of a gift to myself. Nice. And it was a it was a good milestone. And later did I know that, you know, with that car that I would meet lifelong friends and eventually start LS1Tech.com around that car. Wow. And another milestone with that car is I actually met my wife when I still had that car. Oh, cool. Great memories then. Yeah. I love it. You know, you dropped another little tip there for people and for people who are not into detailing and car care, it's the idea that when you go to pick up a new car, don't let the dealer detail it. In fact, when you take it in for service, don't let them wash it. Uh, you know, they're just not as careful. And that brand new car can come home with scratches that you don't even really know are there until that glaze coating they put on it to hide all those scratches wears off. So, yeah, I've had many people that they just, you know, don't touch my car. I'll do the washing, please. And and I've even seen people bring cars home with all the plastic wrap on them. They get oh, to yeah. peel it off yeah. so that, uh, yeah, they don't get any scratches. So it may sound silly to some folks, but for those of us who are fanatics, uh, yeah, brings a smile to our face. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that you really wish you had back? I would say that I learned not to be sentimental after owning so many cars. But if I could have one back that I enjoyed was a 1969 Camaro that I built in 2005. And it was one of the first LS1 swap pro touring type builds. It was featured in Super Chevy and it was also featured in Popular Hot Rodding. So bright red SS350 that I did a, a supercharged LS1 in with a six speed. Car was pretty quick, made about a little over 500 at the wheels and ran 1060s in the quarter mile. And, and I took it on Hot Rod Power Tour and I had year one as a partner and we did the, the long haul together and did a lot of events in that car and then decided I'd, I wanted to build something else. And so basically you got to sell what you got to fund the next project. I think a lot of us have felt that before. Oh, yeah. Wow. Very, very cool. 
Well, I'd love to talk about what has you excited and fired up today. So give our listeners a little better understanding of Deviate Motorings and this new startup venture, 365 Driven. All right. Well, Deviate Motoring was the business I started after I sold LS1 Tech in 2007. So it's been about 10 years now with that business. And that's an online retailer and distributor of custom forged wheels. So we carry most of the the big brand wheels. I don't really focus on the low ticket items. I focus on the custom built forged wheels, forged line, HRE, CCW, brands that everybody recognizes. Many of your customers are running around on their cars. I supply a lot of the Houston area performance shops with wheels that don't have a wheel program and they don't want to have to invest the time and knowledge to learn fitments and offsets and, you know, crazy things with wheels. So I help out all these shops and we, you know, make them a distributor dealer. Mm. So I've been doing that. It's a side business, but it, you know, it does pretty well. It, it pays for all my hobbies. It pays for all my cars. I'm, I'm blessed to have a, a business that can pay for all my hobbies and passions. I know there's a yes. lot of hobbies out there that don't make any money. Right. But it also allowed me to stay relevant within the automotive community and the aftermarket, which I enjoy. We still, my wife and I, we attend SEMA every year. We, we've been about 17 years yeah. and we do a lot of major automotive events. So it's, it's, a, it's a good business to be in. as some incredible people out there. Yes. With 365 Driven, I kicked that off in May of last year. With the spinoff from LS1 Tech, before that, I was doing a lot of website development, marketing programs. And helping people just get their online branding and footprint back then. And it's kind of just been something I also did in the background, developing web pages and market copy and helping people write different things and strategize. And and that goes along with the business consulting as well. But I decided, you know, I was getting a lot of good feedback from customers. And I said, you know, you you should be doing this full time. And and I was like, well, I actually love doing this, and I, and I, ha- I have to say I love it more than the oil company. It's hard to walk away from the oil you know, industry salaries, but you can be good at something, but you don't mean you have passion for it. So the cars and, and business development and entrepreneurial things are things I have passion for. So I'm more focused now. Um, I'm 45, so I'm, I, I realize I have limited time, and I want to spend the, the rest of my life and the rest of my career doing things and working with people that I actually enjoy. And I want to help them make money and become a very successful company. So to tailor on to tail onto that, I'm actually almost done writing my first book. And that's going to be based on how to take your idea and take that from inception all the way to operations and starting your first business. And I think there's a lot of people out there that work in a professional capacity. They're looking at how to start a business and they don't have the time or the knowledge to do that. And I'm, I'm really going after the side hustles, solopreneur type business owners that have a good career, have a lot of investment in their career, a lot of time, but they always want something extra to accompany their, you know, their lifestyle. You know, a lot of times we hit a glass ceiling, especially when you're in your late thirties and forties. And unless you become an executive, you're not going to make, you know, more than $200,000 a year. Just kind of you flatline out till you retire. Well, opening a side business is a great way to, enhance that lifestyle. And maybe if it takes off, you you blow past your, your glass ceiling that you have at a corporate level. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you're a great inspiration, Tony, because you think about, listeners, think about Tony. He's got a full-time job, then he's got another business, and then he's got another business. And on top of that, he's writing a book. Uh, you don't ever sleep, do you? <laughs> yeah, I, I do sleep, but like you go back to the early part of the, the, the conversation, you just got to make things your priority. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think 
What you have is something I have and a lot of my guests have is a great partner in life, your wife, uh, who's supportive mm-hmm. and understanding and helpful and uh, uh, loves seeing you happy and doing what you're doing. And the other thing you hit on I think is very important is giving back to others, helping others. That is a key ingredient to success for every successful person I've come across. They're doing something that helps others. Now, they may be charging for that in some way, but in some ways they're not. But that is the secret sauce to life. That is really what makes us feel internally happy as human beings, I believe. I, I, I fully agree. I think that every successful person I've ever met, they they live on that 51% rule where they're always giving more than they're asking. And honestly, I can't even remember the last time I asked anybody for anything. So yeah, I'm always giving. And there's a good quote that's probably been brought up by one of your, your guests from Zig Ziglar. And the, the quote is, you can have everything you want in life as long as you're willing to help other people get what they want. Yes, yeah. That has been mentioned here. I love him, and I loved his quotes, and that is a, an excellent example. When I got married, my grandfather and my grandparents had been married 70-plus years. I asked him, hey, Grandpa, what's the secret to having a successful marriage? He said, always be willing to give more than you expect to get back. And if you both do that, uh, life will be bliss. And uh I guess 33, 34 years now, I've kind of figured that out with my wife. And I think a lot of people have. Uh, That is really the key. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Tony. If you were a vehicle, what would Tony be and why? My personality and probably one of my earliest childhood dream cars when I saw one for the first time is a black 1969 Camaro. Nice. Well, 69, that's a cool year too. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a Hugger Orange convertible 69 right now, but I've always had the this this thing for a solid black 69 Camaro hardtop, and it was because my dad had a good friend that he worked with, and I remember probably being 13 or 14, and he'd bring it over, and I'd just eyeball that car, and, and that, that's, that's just me. You know, it could be a drag version or a pro-touring version or whatever, but a black, no-stripe, solid hardtop 69 Camaro. Yeah, black is one of those colors that really, really affects some vehicles. If you look at, for instance, a Ford GT, either the 07 version or the new version, it radically changes the way the car looks from other bright colors. And I think it does the same thing for that 69 Camaro. It it sucks up all the light somehow, and it just makes the car look and feel different than any other color that car might show up in. And I, you don't see many in black either. I, I'm trying to remember if I've ever seen one that's all black, so... Very nice. Well, Tony, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, this is Mark Green. You know, I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school. That was way back in 1975. This month, I'm offering you, as a Cars Yeah listener, a very special deal. Starting April 16th, 2018, Through April 30th, 2018, you'll receive 10% off all NOAA Fabric custom car covers and 10% off all Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers. Simply use the code CARSYAP on checkout at Covercraft.com. NOAA is the most popular outdoor fabric specially made by Kimberly-Clark to protect your special vehicle. It provides maximum protection from the harmful UV rays of the sun, Rain, dust, those nasty bird droppings, snow, dings, and it's breathable, and it's very soft on your paint. 
Wolf Ready Fit Semi Custom Covers are an economical option and provide indoor and outdoor protection for your special car. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me later, and your car will thank me too. That's Covercraft.com, and be sure to use the code CARSYA at checkout. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Tony, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick Blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Hmm. To me, I think people should buy cars that they like, not because other people like them. I think Mm -hmm. we we have a lot of people that need to focus more on the smiles per gallon instead of miles per gallon. And (laughs) And I find that we spend so much time, especially in the Houston area, commuting in our vehicles that if you don't love your vehicle, and you don't like ins- you don't like sitting in your vehicle, and you don't look back at your vehicle when you walk away from it in the parking lot. You just you get basically a car is the second most expensive purchase of your life after a house. So buy something that you enjoy and that you like. And, and another problem I find is people buy vehicles based on these probabilities of them having guests. You know, mm-hmm. my my parents would do this when I was growing up, and they would say, "Oh, we need a four door because you never know when guests are going to come over." and and to me, it's like, no, nah, if I have to look at this car every day and write the write the check for it every month, I want to make sure it's something I enjoy. And if a guest comes, they can rent a car or just jump in the back seat because I don't buy cars for other people. Yeah. So that, that's one advice I would say for, for anyone that's in the automotive community. Absolutely. Now, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes? Health and fitness. I think that, that gives me the most energy. I always make an effort. I go to the gym about four days a week. And you know, my wife and I, we eat really clean for the most part, and that gives me a lot of energy. And, I, and I'm always in a routine. So you've, I've never, I probably haven't woken up with an alarm clock in the last six, seven years. And I still get up around 4.30 or 5 in the morning, and, and I'm, I'm just ready to go, like right first thing in the morning. So <laughs> I guess it's a routine and a habit. Yep. Yeah, it makes a difference. Exactly. Now, how about a resource? There are lots of awesome resources out there, just like you're a great resource, Tony. But is there one you'd like to share with our listeners? So one one good resource that I found is Facebook groups. And I actually started a group about four months ago for entrepreneurs. And we discuss and we collaborate and inspire the senior level entrepreneurs. We do some mentorship for the younger ones. And, and there's an educational value. 
And that's that's on a Facebook group that I started. And we have about 1,200 members at the time of this recording in only three months. And it, and it really grew organically from people finding value within the group and just inviting their friends and other entrepreneur friends into the group to try to grow that. So that's kind of a stem off of my 365 Driven. If you're on Facebook, you can do a search for 365 Driven Entrepreneur and Success Mastermind, and you can join and I'll, I'll see your profile. And if you're not too spammy, then I might approve you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Facebook groups are becoming more and more important and valuable, I think, to individuals where you can niche down to an area that you're really focused on and and it's nice when they're monitored properly because they get rid of all the other extraneous junk out there that you have to sift through when you're looking at a Facebook feed. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? I'm thinking I'm going back iconic on this one, and I'm a big Steve McQueen fan, and I think he was you know, one of the one of the movies I remember watching back in Le Mans and different, just just a all around cool car guy. And I remember watching cool hand Luke and, you know, just, just doing things. And I guess he wasn't in cool. And like, that's Paul Newman, wasn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, Paul Newman, they're, they're both pretty cool car guys. I think. Cool car guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're cut from a bit of the same cloth, very different people, of course, but uh, I'll remind our listeners. I had Steve McQueen's son, Chad, as a guest on the show. And I see that one of uh, Paul Newman's, uh z cars is currently for sale a car that he raced back in the day but uh yeah you know how about both of those guys at a table yeah, having drinks awesome. yeah i'm a big fan of both and and paul newman i used to play a lot of competitive billiards and i have the online forum nickname is nine ball from that and oh yeah <laughs> the color of money and him and yep. you know tom cruise and and the cars and i mean both these guys were actors that were had big lifestyles and they were car enthusiasts and actual racers and i always admired that yeah, absolutely. Nice. Well, how about a book? I would assume you're a guy that enjoys books. Is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? I'll give you a tip on books. I've gone more to audio books in the last two years, and I finish about a book per week. And I do this because while I'm driving or I'm at the gym or doing anything or anything I can use my hands, I can still listen with my phone and some earphones. So I really, for me to sit down and read a book, it takes me probably a month of flipping pages. But if I do this audio, I can knock these things out because most books are eight to 10 hours on average. And you can, you can even speed up the speed of the narrator to a, a level, you know, that, that you can still understand and comprehend and get them, get through them even quicker. So I would say for this crowd, one of the best books I've read in a long time is for social media marketing. And the book is called Jab, 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 Right Hook. And it's by Gary Vaynerchuk. So that book is just full of gold nuggets that you're mentioning about the different platforms of social media where Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and how each of these platforms require a different type of marketing and different type of content and different type of engagement. You can't just use the same ad or the same copy on all, all these major platforms as a copy paste because they all function differently. They all have a different vibe and you really have to have specialized marketing for each of those to, to really get your effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Gary's uh, one of those superstars in that whole field. Audiobooks are great. My wife is constantly listening to audiobooks, and it's something that I need to do more of because I love books. I love learning from books, but you're right. It takes a lot of time, and uh, my my days are so tied up with so many things. So uh, I'm going to take your advice, Tony, and uh, and get signed up. The other great thing that a lot of people don't realize is you can sign up with your local libraries and get books for free. You can even recommend a book, and they'll get you the book. 
And I think libraries are one of the most underutilized things that we have that are is basically free. I know our taxes pay for it, but so many people don't use the library. We get movies from the library all the time. It's all part of the deal. So, uh, yeah, check it out. And you can do it on these devices you carry around in your pocket. They'll send you the book. You can listen to it. You return it. It's really, really easy. Very nice. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources Tony has shared on his Cars yeah! show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Tony Watley, W-H-A-T-L-E-Y, and his page will pop right up. All right, Tony, this could be a difficult question for you. It could be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car, but it's the only one you can have. You got to get rid of all your other toys. But money's no object. I'm paying, but you got to keep it and enjoy it, and more importantly, drive it. So what's it going to be? I got a lot of cars on my vision board, but the one that I keep going back to is a solid white 04 to 06 Ford GT. I don't want any stripes, just a solid white Ford GT, and it's kind of the white unicorn, and they're very hard to find. And when you do see them, they're probably close to $400,000 a year now. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a car. I, I still plan on buying one, but it's, it's just a, a solid white one's really the only one that would really make me happy. While I love them in every color, I don't think they make a bad color in that, that, that car. I think the solid white one would be like seal the deal that I would never sell that car. I would think not. Have you had the pleasure of driving one of those? I have. Yeah, they're pretty spectacular, aren't they? Yeah, I just I, I just love the retro styling, and I re- I like the original Ford GT forties. That was just such a great looking car and such a good performer, and you know, really humiliated Ferrari back then. So has kind of that bad boy American bravado, and yeah, you know, it's just yeah. a great car, great history, and you know, it's, it's a. Yeah, it's a really good design. You know, I've seen a lot of those. I've never seen a white one without stripes. I was just uh, with uh, Mitch, who uh, runs APR l- earlier this month, or last month, actually. He's got a white one with blue stripes, but I've never seen a white one with no stripes. I've seen a black one with no markings at all, which was pretty cool looking. Made a- the car look very, very different. But white, no stripes. You put me on a difficult task today, Tony. That's going to be <laughs> hard to find, but... I'm going to do my best to find you that car. You've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us a parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Ford GT? I would say that for me growing up without anything and accomplishing the things that I've had, I, I always believe that you just have to have belief in yourself. And as you mentioned earlier, don't listen to naysayers. And one point that you brought up that, I guess I can expand on that is the naysayers are not always your enemies. They could be people that actually love you. They could be your parents, your spouse, your best friends. But the problem is, is naysayers give you advice based on their own self-imposed limitations or their own history. But you really got to take advice from people who have actually done or accomplished the things that you want to do and listen to that advice rather than people who have been self-limiting, who have never taken any risk. To me, I've always dreamed really big, I've set big goals. And just worked backwards and defined them and just really pursued those goals. And I'm very persistent and I don't give up. And that's where it, that's where it has led me to where I am today. I think that that's the most important thing that I could really help, especially younger people with is just get the confidence. It's your decision. Dream big. Don't let other people tell you what you can or can't do or what your limited potential is because we don't even know our own potential. And if we don't know, then nobody else will either. 
Very well said. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and get in touch with you for some of your help? You can reach me at email at Tony at 365driven.com or visit my website, 365driven.com. There you go. Well, listeners, again, I'll make sure I have all these links on Tony's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website so you can check him out. I would encourage you, if you need some help and advice, this sounds like a guy to go to who can steer you down the right path. Tony, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with Cars Yeah. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. I enjoyed it. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!